Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Daniel. Back to covering books this week. After after a couple weird weeks, uh, we are doing the first third of the Silver Sorceress by Alec Hudson. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the the little break that we had, the little weird, the little weird thing that we did, uh, gave you guys enough enough time to. Make sure you read The Crimson Queen, because this is the second book in this series. Mm-hmm. The series. Silver Sorceress. The Silver Sorceress. We have read, for this episode, we have read through chapter 12. So. Through chapter 12. Uh, also, in the meantime, you know, if you, if you read a book that you really liked, in the meantime, at a little break, you want to let us know about it, send us a tweet. You know, tweet mm-hmm. at us with the book that you read that maybe we haven't covered yet. We'd love to hear about it. Maybe you've got a hot take about that. Oh, we'd love to hear a hot take. Um, okay. You want to, let's, let's, we'll go ahead and, let's go ahead and just go into the Silver Sorceress. Yeah, absolutely. We're putting the hot takes on the listeners this week. You got a hot take for us. We've been providing you hot takes for over a year now. Okay, so it's your turn. <laughs> tweet at us with a hot take at DC to BC. Hit us with your best shot. All right, yeah. but oh. let's get to the Silver Sorceress. Yeah. Um, okay. So first, first, great, great little, great little thing here uh, that was that was clutch for me. Little intro with the with the what's happened in the story so far. Oh yeah, that was very helpful. That was key because it has been a while. Hmm. Um. And okay, so this this book, I think it starts with the. Uh, is it pronounced Shan or Sean? I've been going Shan. I have too. Okay, Shan. Okay, we're gonna go with Shan. Uh, it focuses more on the Shan than the last book did. Mm-hmm. Some good, some good little, good little nuggets in here. Uh, the first one that happens very on is: Did you catch what a lot of their like towers and and buildings were made of? Turtle bone. <laughs> Oh yeah, big old bones, turtle bones. Bones of the giant turtles that carried them across the sea. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Definitely because, fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's so okay. So that's that's a lot of depth to the story. That's mm-hmm. just like kind of not talked about. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. It's also I'm curious what this looks like. These bones have got to be pretty big, right? If they're making I, buildings yeah. out of them, which means the turtles have to be massive, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I okay. mean, okay. The, and the turtles are the turtles like carried this civilization. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they they obviously had ships and stuff, so I'm yes. not quite sure the ratio of that. A but turtle yeah, to ship. You, yeah, you're right. Are we thinking like like? city-sized turtles or are we thinking like ship-sized turtles they've got to be city-sized right yeah. maybe, okay maybe not like gigantic city-sized but they're using their bones to make a tower like i imagine they're when i think of the tower i think of them carving out one like a few bones and the middle is where the people do their business and so these bones are just massive i'm not picturing them like piling up a bunch of bones to make a tower i'm picturing like giant right it's like bones. it's like the struct the 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 skeleton of the building if you will exactly yeah there we go um yeah i also how old are these guys these these turtles gotta, gotta be incredible this I, has got to be what happens when you don't just fill the ocean with plastic bags and sunscreen maybe this is what happens this yeah this is what we talked about a couple episodes ago is you just be having we could be having these giant turtles which okay that that brings me to an important point about the shan though and these turtles why would you leave that why would you i'm the shan my whole zone gets completely destroyed with the raveling, which we're, I'm assuming is as a result of the betrayers that they talk about. Um, and in order to escape, you, like, find these turtles that you can just live on their back and go around the ocean 
just like living on the back of a giant tortoise. You have your whole city there. You know, you can do fishing. You've got some boats that can go out and like raid along coastlines and stuff. That's an upgrade to me. To me, okay, okay. We, so, so you're you're saying that you would have preferred them stay as a just like seafaring civilization? Yeah, like why did they look at the land and say, "I'd like to try that again"? Instead of, "Hey, this tortoise and I have this incredible bond," because because Luke, they don't just they aren't just like drifting around on these tortoises. They it sounds like they can kind of control where they go because the tortoises like took them to this new place. These are incredible beasts. <laughs> I'm not leaving them. Okay. Yes. I, I, I see what you mean. I'm, we don't get quite enough yet as to the, the details of their, of their trip. Mm-hmm. Cause like it could, it could be pretty bad, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I also the other thing that we need to we need to uh well that we don't know is why are, why do these turtles die? Mhm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um cuz it it almost seems like they died pretty soon after getting there. Mhm. Mhm. It might it might be might have been kind of a last ditch effort by these by these turtles. That's okay, that's a good point. Maybe they were a heroic a heroic run for these guys you know luke this this actually could be related to what we identified in our earlier series on the crimson queen as the true cause of the cataclysms which is climate change do you remember this oh yeah 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 yeah. and the shan actually like found this new homeland right after the cataclysms happened i think when the for- the forming mm-hmm. of the broken sea is what allowed them to like kind of take over this new homeland mm-hmm. so maybe the turtles dying is like a consequence of this like climate change event that happened and so it wasn't that they wanted to leave the turtles but they're a displaced seafaring civilization that's just convinced mm-hmm. themselves that this will be their new homeland they've kind of rationalized a bad situation where our turtles yeah. are dying we've got to find somewhere to live right the oceans are getting warmer the the ecosystem's changing a little bit not no space for city-sized turtles anymore Mm-mm. yeah i think i think you might be onto something there cause of cause of death for giant turtles uh climate change <laughs> I think that's obvious. I think it's obvious, too. Uh, okay. But, okay, okay, one more thing about the giant turtles. Mm-hmm. I guess, okay, Cho Lin is the warrior who's going to go stop the Chosen, which we'll come back to Cho Lin in a second. But but there's this moment right at the end where Cho Lin sees a whale in the water and is like, oh, I've never seen a whale that big before. But, like, Cho Lin, come on. They're... <laughs> You, there were city-sized turtles. I now I don't think Cho, Cholin definitely didn't see these turtles, right? Right. But she knows they're massive. I'm sure she's seen their bones. She's seen okay. big old turtle bones. Yes, I will say we we don't know the exact dimensions of this whale that she sees. <laughs> okay, this is a fair point. So it, the whale could be enormous. She could see the whale and be like, oh, we should have gone for whales. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. This is a great point. Uh, No arguments there. Yep. No. Yeah, okay. (laughs) All right. I'm going to move us on from the turtles. Uh, So so the Cholin, when at the beginning of this book, she gets gets summoned from her from Red Fang Mountain and gets ambushed, right? Mm Mm-hmm. She she kills a, a couple kind of noob assassins, and then has to fight the 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 boss assassin guy who's a who's a tainted blade, mm-hmm. right? And he says he's kind of bragging about his reputation a little bit, and he says that he has killed a dozen members of the Jade Court. That's that's too many. That's too many for you to have killed. You think that's too I many? I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 
calling into question the facts here. Uh-huh. I I believe him. Yeah. I just like what, what are we what are we doing? What are we doing, Jade Court? Right, like how <laughs> could you let how could you let this many people die by this one guy? Twelve? Yeah. Twelve members of the Jade Court. I don't know how big the Jade Court is. I'll say that. Maybe it's like a thousand people <laughs> and twelve members is like nothing. Yeah. But this one guy has killed twelve members of the Jade Court, and it doesn't seem like people are doing that much about it. Yeah. I mean, maybe that is meant to make him seem more badass, right? Like, maybe it's like, oh, yeah, people are trying, but they can't stop me from killing these members of the Jade Court. Because, I mean, we've learned a little bit about the Jade Court so far, right? And the Jade Court are just like the nobility class, right? I think so. Like, I think the Jade Court are people like Cholin's father, and I want to say that the, like, friend that she met up with, she was, like, involved in the Jade Court as well. Yeah. So, my point is, I don't think that all the members of the Jade Court are, like, warriors. Right. So, like, him killing 12 of them, like, isn't that cool on its own? It's like, okay, yeah, they, like, are accountants and stuff. <laughs> That's... Like you're saying, you're saying, give me the details on who on the Jade Court you've killed. Yeah, like if you killed the like general of a big army, okay, well he could probably fight a little bit. That's more impressive. But if it's just like, yeah, you killed twelve, I don't know, computer programmers. It's like, <laughs> whatever. I'm not impressed. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Yeah, and that would also explain why no one, why no one quite <laughs> seems to care that much. Right, right. They're like, ah, I mean, he's not that dangerous. Just lock your doors. Carry pepper spray when you go into the parking lot. You'd be fine. <laughs> okay, good point. Good point. I'll I'll rescind that. Um, okay. Do you do you have anything else for this? The the first couple scenes in Shan. Uh, no, but I do have stuff for later on in Shan. So we're gonna, we're coming back to Shan and Cholin. Coming back, coming back to let's, Shan and Cholin. Let's uh, go to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna move yeah. us on to a little bit farther on. And this is, the part that I'm gonna bring us to is when Keelan and Nell mm-hmm. are, are in, uh, Lear? Is that how we're pronouncing it? I'm, I'm going with Lear, yeah. Okay. They're they're in this they're in this room or I think Keelan is in this room by himself mm-hmm. f- at first, and the crone that she hates that nickname but that's her nickname, and her like bodyguard servant cool guy that like you know has a lot of freedom to speak his mind comes in yeah the this guy this guy this guy sucks okay <laughs> okay. <laughs> And and in what way? In that, what way? Okay, that, so so that might be that might be kind of a hot take because I think other than the other than the two reasons I'm about to outline, uh-huh. he's very he's very good. Okay, I mean we don't get that much about him, but okay. The first thing he does is he walks into Keelan's room and spits on the floor. What the fuck are you doing, man? It's intimidating. He does Luke? it, like, twice. Yeah, it's like, intimidating. It's inti- Okay, yeah, to this, like, 11-year-old boy. He comes okay, in here spits he's on his not floor. 11. <laughs> he's for I, sure not 11. I don't, I don't know how old Keelan is, but... I think he's, like, 16. Okay. Okay, 16. <laughs> this guy comes in and, like, spits on Keelan's floor. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing he does... Is they're they're walking through the like different options available to them. They're like, you know, we don't want to release him to Minicar because that'll anger Dimeria. We don't release him to Dimeria because that'll anger Minicar. And then he's like, we should just stab him in the stomach and dump him in the sea, and then like, so then we don't have to get involved in it. What? No, <laughs> that's the worst option. Why? Why is that the worst option? Okay, because you're the okay, other two me, options. 
So you don't want to get you don't want to get the Crimson Queen mad at you, and you don't want Metacar to get mad at you. So the way to avoid that, right, is to just kill Keelan, do it all quiet, right? Nobody knows it's happening, and then dump him in the water and let the fishies take care of him. And then you're also gonna kill Nell because Nell knows Keelan's here, and so you're gonna kill Nell and dump her in the water and let the fishies have her. And then you're also gonna kill. All the rangers that came with Keelan and Nell, you're going to dump them in the water and let the fishies have them. <laughs> and then you're going to kill the paladin because he knows that everybody's there. And you're going to dump him in the water and let the fishies have him. <laughs> and then you're going to kill all the guardsmen <laughs> who caught them outside the city limits. And then do you right. know what you're going to do with them, Luke? <laughs> I have a guess, but I want you're gonna want you to you're tell gonna me. dump them in the water and let the fishies have them. <laughs> it's it's absurd. This is later. Later we get the crone is like, yeah, you should get somebody like him who's gonna speak their mind to you. No, this guy's mind. This guy sucks. This guy's an idiot. Okay, that's so dumb, Luke. Maybe that's an asset, right? It's an asset to the crone. The crone is the brains of this operation, okay? Right. Hands down, the crone's the brains. Maybe she just uses this guy's, like, like kind of brutish instincts. Also, we don't know if he was being serious. Okay, I do want to point that out. He could be doing an intimidation play. However, let's pretend it's, like he's I, not. I, I, okay, I think that's probably true. He could be, very much could be doing an intimidation play. Yeah. But, like, who's going to believe, like... That's so dumb that, like, I'm not going to believe that. Maybe it's just dumb enough to work, Luke. You ever <laughs> thought about that? Good point. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, he, the crone is just, like, using this guy's intimidating presence. Because the crone is not intimidating by herself, right? Like, the crone tries to tell me that she's going to have me killed. I just, like, push her out the window. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right, crone. Or, like, dump a bucket of cold water on her head and be like, oh, you're going to freeze to death. <laughs> like, the Good crone point. does not scare me. Right. But the crone with this guy in the room? All right. Okay. But do you think she gains from him doing, like, saying these little things? Or I? So I thought you were going to go with, like, she has him to bounce stupid ideas off of her. No, I think you know she I mean? has her, she has him to say stupid and intimidating ideas so she can sound like the one who's like, no, 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 no. We're not going to so, okay, do so it's that. Like, so it's like a combo of good cop, bad cop with smart cop, dumb cop. Yeah, exactly. And the like, best of both worlds. And you know if you were just stuck in a room with a dumb cop, you would probably be like stabbed in the stomach and thrown for food for the fishies, right? But, and so you want the crone to be there. You kind of want the crone with you. Because otherwise, this guy's just like a loose cannon with no brains, which is not <laughs> ideal. Okay. You've convinced me on this. This is mm -hmm. a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. That's definitely it. We got to talk about Lear, though. This city okay. of Lear. First of all, the... Okay, so Senecus, they don't want the people to know that Senecus is a member of the Pure. And mm -hmm. so they dress him up like a guard, and that's how they get to the Oracle. Okay. Like, Senecus mentions at one point that his helmet is almost, like, shaped so that the water goes right down onto his face in the rain. And he says, he says something to the effect of, like, there must be a reason why the other guards didn't choose this helmet. No. Senecus, they gave you this helmet. They made you... It's not like they just, like, gave you all the helmets you could possibly choose and said, pick whichever one you want. They all took their helmets and were like, this is the one we're giving Senecus. <laughs> because it's raining right now and this guy's kind of a asshole like right it's it's not like there were six helmets <laughs> and the other five guys chose the good five and Senecus gets stuck with the one bad one no that's not what happened also they're they're guardsmen so they probably have their own helmets right they each have 
it's not like every time they go on guard duty they pick a random helmet with a random demon on it to wear they have like customized their own helmets so they're not picking randomly from the helmets like Senecas definitely they gave Senecas this one that made the like water it's like a super soaker essentially right it's like it's this is kind of a little a little mini hazing ritual it's that ex- that's exactly what it is also yeah. because it I'm, it rains there a lot right so anybody who's designing a helmet is going to have that in mind well the the other thing is i mean maybe the person designing the helmet didn't think of it at first. Mm-hmm. But then, like, day one of someone wearing that helmet, they're like, no, give me a new one. <laughs> so this is, yeah, this this helmet is going in the in the planned pranks on the noobs bucket. Yeah, this right? helmet this helmet belonged to a guard who was like, guys, I've got the coolest idea for a demon for my helmet. It's going to look like this. And and this is the guard that is, like, super arrogant. And so the, all the other guards, when he explained this, like, cool design where he's got, like, horns coming up into, like, a funnel at the top, all the other guards were like, oh, this is going to be so choice. We're not going to tell him, right? <laughs> Nobody's going to tell him. And then he goes and has it made by the blacksmith in town. And nobody tells him, right? Everybody's like, this is going to be hilarious. And then he, like, drowns the first guard shift that he has because he refuses to take it off. Right, for because of... So he can keep his pride. Exactly. You know? So he drowns because his helmet fills with water. And they're like, well, that was pretty funny. We're going to keep this helmet just in case we get another asshole coming through. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. I would, I think that's probably it. That, there, that's... There's definitely there's definitely no way that there, he just, like, unfortunately picked that one. <laughs> right. There's absolutely no way. Which which brings me to another element of Lys. Or Lear, right? It's Lear. Yeah. Okay, of Lear. Uh, did you catch the gutter design that we're working with here? Oh, I did. Okay. This is, I mean, and the parallels with Seneca's helmet, I think, are intentional. Because the gutters take all the rain coming from the roof and channel it into gutters, like, along the rooftops into gargoyles that are described as either like spitting or pissing onto the street with whatever water is coming into them. Uh, what the fuck? Why would you design your gutters that way? It's like intentionally malicious, right? I think it sounds cool. It's terrible. (laughs) It's like, Hey, you walking in the street, you're already getting rained on. Here's like a lot more water. And this one's coming from a gargoyle dick. (laughs) I mean... Eat that, pores. <laughs> right? Because the rich people have, like, umbrellas and stuff and carriages, but the pores are getting just gargoyle piss every time it rains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to put... I'm going to put a pin in the umbrella thing. Okay. But I don't... I... So I'd be curious as to how much how much these are spitting into the street you know what i mean okay so where are they where are they spitting then because it, it well i'm th- I'm, th- I'm thinking they're a little offset from the street mm. and it's like you get a little it's it's you get a little fountain situation like right in the corner of the street it's coming you know? from the roof isn't it yes okay so like it's just you're saying there is a stream of water pouring down from this roof like kind of off to the side of the street. I mean, I mean, like the buildings are like five feet away from the sidewalk. Uh huh. And the stream that this gargoyle is peeing from only goes four feet. I see. So what you're saying is, it's it's pissing into the front yard of all of these rich people. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Do you really believe yeah. that's tr- Luke? You're part I, of the bourgeoisie. So. Okay, you're part okay. of the bourgeoisie who's just like. <laughs> My gargoyles look cool. I don't care if they sh- like dump a whole bunch of water on a homeless person who is on the side of the street. Uh, I like I like how they look. Yeah, and they're like, you know, we could get another few feet of another few square feet in here, but then we'd have to sacrifice the gargoyles. I'm keeping those gargoyles. You know, God, how like, big does my living room have to be? 
Luke, this is why Lear needs a revolution. <laughs> we need a revolution in Lear. <sighs> I don't... Okay, so the... This this kind of goes into what my next point is going to be. Okay, okay. And that's... This, uh, this, I think, supports my argument that they're willing to sacrifice some utility for the cool aspect of having gargoyles peeing on people. Yeah, the, the and, quote, cool aspect, unquote. I think it's, uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, a lot of, everyone in Lear is very dramatic. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's point, that's point one. Mm-hmm. But also everything is designed very dramatically. And the, the example that, that we see is the Archon Chamber, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a big room. Yeah. You've got, you've got some, I think you've got some viewing, people can view from like the upper balconies or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But the main room has a skylight coming down and then it has two long tables around the light and everyone okay and and then one table is white one table is black the people at the white table wear black masks and the people at the black table wear white masks that's fantastic i mean yes it looks very cool is it efficient way is it an efficient way to govern no luke it sounds terrible compare let's compare this scene from like old-timey english courtrooms Uh uh-huh if you want me to choose between like itchy white wigs or a cool off-colored masks and tables yeah i'm going i'm going i'm going masks and tables okay luke you're still looking at this from the perspective of the ruling class we need a working (laughs) class revolution this is absurd this is theater this is theater for the rich while we're getting pissed on in the streets (laughs) they haven't even the craziest part about this this meeting is that they haven't even come to a consensus as a council before they bring Keelan in, right? They start arguing in front of the witness or the person that they're trying to, like, figure out what to do with them. They haven't even come to a a verdict before they call him in to say, this is what we're going to do with you. They're, like, debating back and forth. No! You all, as the council, figure out what you're going to do with this person, and then you bring them in and say, hey, this is what we've decided to do. You don't let them see that process. What is happening? It's theater. It's all theater, Luke. It's for bored rich people who can't eat enough of those silly sugar birds and want to have something to do with their time. Okay? Okay. Uh, yes. Um... I think I would agree with you that there's more efficient ways to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I have. We haven't seen the perspective of the of the common man here. Like, I don't know. I don't know how well off or badly off the average person here is. Ooh, okay. because that's a good point. Because I think that there's. There's a decent chance that Lear itself as a whole is like a pretty rich city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are and like a trading city, right? So yes. they definitely are a very rich city. Yeah. So they've probably got a pretty thriving middle class. Uh... I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to say buzzwords. Uh... <laughs> they've got a lot of small businesses that make up the backbone of Lear. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't. I don't want to put opinions in the mouths of the common folk because there's. Ooh, okay. I think it's possible mm-hmm. that the common folk love the drama mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well, and are like really proud. They're like, "Dude, our council is dope." Team Black for the win. <laughs> You're like, "No, dude, Team White," and then you fight about it. Yeah, yeah, but then like, which team is which? Because one has a white table. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's. I, I I realize that I put a I put a pinhole into the umbrella. Yeah, thing, let's come to, to come back. Let's to come back to the umbrella. 
the I forget who it is. Maybe it's the crown mm-hmm. that has an umbrella, and people are like, "What is that?" And she explains. She's like, "People in Shan use this to block the sun, so we thought this could block the rain too." You what? What <laughs> like? How much credit are you going to take for this? Because <laughs> you th- you thought of putting a barrier between you and the and the rain, and you like needed an example from Shan to do it. What are you What are you guys doing? Okay, well, hold on, Luke. Have you ever seen an umbrella? That's like a pretty complicated. Okay, because it's not just like you folded up a little canopy. It's not just a rug that you have two people holding over top of your head. This is like a, this is like a, yeah, foldable, you know, it's, it folds up. I will say they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily have to fold it. Like we do, we do, like I'm not going to buy an umbrella that doesn't fold because I can buy an umbrella that does fold. (laughs) Yeah. But it doesn't have to fold. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're a pretty rich person in Lear, you're not going to be like, mm, I'm not going to bring that because it doesn't fold up. You're going to get your servant to carry it over your head. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about this. It's basically <laughs> just a canopy that's on a stick, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the folding element to me, I think, is the part that's cool. The folding element, I think, is where if you did come up with that. Okay. That's pretty cool. You did some right. good work there. That's impressive. If it doesn't fold, it's like, yeah, okay, you're just, that's a different shape than mine. Mine's just a square. <laughs> but, okay, but everyone, I don't know who it, I, I don't think it's everyone, but like Keelan or somebody uh-huh. is like, what is that? He doesn't say, how did you get that? How did you get a folding one? He says, he doesn't know what it is. Okay, maybe it's a different shape. Maybe maybe <laughs> this is the first time he's ever seen one that's round. And everywhere else, they're just like squares of fabric because nobody's bothered to make it into a different shape. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got. That's all I've got for it, Luke. I have no idea. I, the, point, the, the, the point is that I'm coming up with right now, so there probably are other points, uh... The technological advances are really specific. So, like, umbrellas should have been should have been discovered a while ago, but I guess they were focused on on other things. Oh, especially Luke. Okay, especially Luke because so they developed umbrellas. If if the crone is right and she's not just like telling a big joke on them, they developed umbrellas in a place. Where they don't use them for the rain, right? They use them for the sun. So there's not like a huge demand for umbrellas in this place to block the rain. It's just like, hey, this is a beauty thing, which we could solve with a bunch of other techniques. But we're going to solve it with an umbrella. Whereas in Lear, where it, there's like torrential rain, like the, the most insane rain. People are like, umbrellas. I can't believe you never thought of that. It's like, yeah, I can't believe you never thought of that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Here's, here's the gist that, that I think we're boiling it down to. And this is just another piece of evidence that when the Shan call these lands the barbarians, they're like 100% right. Because they're, they, the Shan are like, hmm. I don't really care about this that much, but I'd like it if the sun didn't, you know, glare on me all the time. Let's put a little, let's put a little, let's put a little thing on a stick above me. Meanwhile, like everyone in Lear who's getting constantly rained on and complaining about it for like hundreds of years, maybe even thousands. Well, well, oh, oh, Luke, maybe climate change has caused new weather patterns in Lear. (laughs) Maybe it never used to rain in Lear. <laughs> Until, I guess it was a thousand years ago. Okay, so it's still a thousand years. Okay, it's a thousand years <laughs> that this change has happened. Fair enough. 
but okay yeah so all i i just i'm just thinking all the technological advances are coming from from shan coming from uh shan yeah oh yeah because we also get okay shan or lear is the mercantile city right i imagine Mm -hmm. this is like busy business place like new york city in the 80s in any movie right like business people going back and forth and making business deals and stuff right Mm -hmm. so like when it rains really hard everybody's just inside right nobody's out on the streets it's like the one business boy who has an umbrella is going to destroy the competition right Uh uh-huh he's making deals left and right Oh, it's raining. No big deal. Kafronk, we're making business. <laughs> like he's he's he can move in between different meetings much easier. Exactly. Like other people can move in between, but they're they're coming in wet, mm-hmm. not putting their best foot forward. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. Whereas this guy is just like, you know, just which it. which maybe this is why the crone is so successful. Maybe the crone is this guy. It's not this she's guy. The, it's she's it's the, crone. the Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, she's the she's the umbrella salesman for the whole city. Okay, maybe not, not salesman. Not, not umbrella salesman, but the the only one that has an umbrella and or at least the first you know adopter of it. Yeah, okay. Here's the This is this is tying in. This is tying in too well. The only person that has an umbrella. What 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 else? So, okay. We've talked about the 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 demand should be very high for umbrellas in Lear. Yes, but I guess people don't really care that much about the rain. They're getting rained on constantly. They're getting peed on by gargoyles. It's just like everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. But the crone will freeze to death if she gets rained on. <laughs> okay, yes. So the demand for her is even higher, and this is what incentivizes her to get an umbrella. Yes. And that's why it hasn't caught on that much yet, because everyone else doesn't really care, but she'll die. Yes, yes. The crone gets like three raindrops on her frail, frail, twiggy arm and just collapses. So the demand is inelastic for the crone. <laughs> perfect. Okay. This is got I, it. that's a nice little bow on top. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Good good umbrella discussion. I'm going to I'm going to take us to something equally if not more specific. Okay. You mentioned you mentioned the sugar bird. Yes. Is this Is this a peep? <laughs> I think it's I think it's a peep. Oh my god, Luke, it's totally a peep. Here was my one question about it initially because I was envisioning like a crystalline sugar bird. But mm-hmm. then it says Nell chewed on it. She didn't mm-hmm. like crunch it. She started chewing it. That's a peep, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally a peep. <laughs> this was something that I saw it and I was like, ooh, that sounds cool. And then I thought about it more. I was like, those are those mediocre, <laughs> very, very... I feel like it's really controversial. Is it, it, it's, it's controversial. It's Be careful. Right? Be careful, Luke. So I love peeps. Ooh, okay. All right. And so I was thrilled by this discovery that they're having peeps here. I see. Well, uh, Luke, in order to appease both sides of the argument uh your revelation that it was a peep makes me think that this sounds like a terrible dinner now (laughs) i'm like why would the the this serving girl definitely would not believe the crone is trying to have her go back and get another peep (laughs) the crone is definitely like thank god somebody ate that peep so i don't have to deal with it i don't even have to look at it anymore or on the contrary, the crone is clearly like, that's my, that's my thing. These peeps are, if there's a peep there, it's for me. Because no one else fucking likes peeps. 
So, of course. So, when someone eats her peep, she's like, you better give me another fucking peep because this is the highlight of my day. And I guess I'll settle for a lemon bar, but. Give me one of those Kinder eggs. It's for our listeners in the UK. okay okay luke i love i love that it's a peep i -hmm. love that it's a peep um can we talk about the oracle a little bit okay okay we're gonna move to the oracle we find out that the oracle is like kind of like a title for a person who is being absorbed by coral and we yes. find out that they are, like, very powerful, right? They've, like, empires have risen and fallen based on what the Oracle has said. And people, like, beg for an audience for the Oracle. Even the, like, servants of Ama will come and ask the Oracle for stuff. First thing with the Oracle, they they seem like a... A very fitting target for assassination, right? Because if I'm an emperor, I'm the one in charge. But the oracle could say something that's like totally destroys my whole empire. Okay. Okay. So there is incentive to get the oracle out of there, right? Now, here's the problem, Luke. It's an oracle. It can see things coming from a mile away. So you got to be a little bit sneakier. Okay. Okay. Here's how we're going to tie it in. Here's how we're going to tie it in with something we've already talked about. What is the oracle attached to? The the coral. And Luke, we found a pretty foolproof way of getting rid of a lot of coral very quickly, haven't we? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like, we're, we are destroying the coral game right now. And how, we we, are one, and how are we doing that? We are the world record holders in destroying coral. Yes. Luke, we're doing it with climate change. So let's say I'm one of these immortal wizards. I'm, I'm one of these immortal sorcerers who's trying to consolidate my power. We're killing like a million birds with one stone here. Okay. So okay, so let me let me back up a little bit. Yeah. How how central do you think let's let's say we don't know who I mean you could say Aliana, we don't know who is necessarily the person that's behind this theoretical attack on the Oracle. Mm-hmm. The Oracle system, I yes, guess. Yes. How central do you think getting rid of the oracle is to this whole climate change plan. Do you think it's like the main goal? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know because I don't I don't have a great grasp on how powerful the oracle is, right? Right. I can't tell right now. Like it sounds like the oracle is very powerful to like I mean, the well, the oracle seems only really powerful in the sense that they can reveal things to people who come and talk to them, right? So so it seems like they're powerful in the sense that they can have people come, you know, engage with them. And so they're really only as powerful as the most powerful person that comes and says, like, what's up? Um, so I can't tell if it if it was like an essential element of the plan or mm-hmm. if they just like a thousand years later noticed that the coral was dying. And were like, oh, that's happening, too. OK, nice. Cool. <laughs> Little cherry. On so. Top. I, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna bring us a little bit farther here. Yeah, and go. Let's say let's say it's Aliana because she's the mastermind behind like all of. These. She seems to be right now. Yeah, she is the only one of these sorcerers that when they achieved immortality, or basically immortality, mm-hmm. like still wants to be controlling things. Right. The right. others, Demian, Jan. The uh, Keelan's like mom or aunt or whatever doesn't really care. Don't don't seem to care that much about like influencing decisions. Right, right. But Aliana does, and she doesn't. She doesn't like to do it 
in a way in which she's like this undying emperor. Mm-hmm. She does it kind of from the shadows, mm-hmm. where she, where she, influences leaders to go towards her points and that kind of thing, which is very similar, almost identical to what the Oracle does. Mm-hmm. So Aliana is like, I don't. I need to be the only one that's that's got this kind of. I don't want. I don't want another, another voice in these leaders' ears, because that's my thing, and it might undermine my goals. That basically her goal, it seems like, is just to like, be in power, be the power behind most things. Yes. Yes. So she's like, so she's like, orchestrating, orchestrating the. The cataclysms to achieve immortality, mm-hmm. uh, using using climate change, we're gonna say. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the cataclysms as her goals of achieving immortality, but I'm gonna put that almost equal to her goals of being like the all powerful one uh-huh. behind the scenes. Right, 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 right. Because the cataclysm just allows you to be immortal right like jan isn't the one in charge of everything right he's only he's just immortal i mean just immortal is a ridiculous thing to say but like that's the only thing it does yeah but aliana needs needs climate change to also kill the coral to kill the oracle so that she can be the ultimate power i mean yeah luke that's definitely it Man, what a great plan, though, right? That's that's why they call her the Weaver, you know. <laughs> Pretty intense. Okay, one last thing about the coral. Did you ever think about how the very first person got stuck in there? Because that's all I could think about when we found out there were just a bunch of bones in the coral. I I did not actually. Okay, so. So I'm picturing um, that Lear used to be this, like, ecotourism locale, right? Beautiful sandy beaches, huge coral reef, uh, and, like, a really vibrant, like, nature reserve. And people would come, and you could go out on these, like, boardwalks out over the coral and, like, look at the fish and stuff. And there's a bunch of, like, signs everywhere that are, like, please, for the safety of the coral, like, don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the oils and it's just, it's not good for the coral. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. It's bad for the coral. Don't wear sunscreen. Don't wear sun. That Well, there some sunscreens are all right, but most sunscreens are not. And so it's just, like, it's this, like, beautiful oasis. And then some idiot with a selfie stick is, like, guys, guys, check this out. And he steps off the boardwalk and the coral's like, nope, not today, asshole. And just like slonks onto his foot. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And, he's, and he's like, oh, that's that's weird. I didn't know coral did that. Guys, a little hand. Can I get a little hand over here? And they just, they're just running. And he's just there looking like an idiot waving his selfie stick around. Like, guys, right. come on. Come on. This isn't cool. Frantically trying to find a, I don't know, like a a scooter, one of those e-scooters, looking for a scoomy to get out of there. (laughs) And then that's the first Oracle. And for the first, like, ten years, I imagine, the whole time anyone would come to him, he would just be like, hey, can you get me out of here? And they'd be like, ah, Oracle's not ready yet. Or I'm, so the Oracle now is kind of like a chamber, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking this, this first Oracle is just, like, screaming for help. So annoying. He's so loud. So people, so people try to close him in. That's how the first, the first, was it? Do they call it a temple? I think so. I think they do. Mm-hmm. That's that's how the temple came to be. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, they were just sick of this guy screaming. It's like we put signs up, dude. This is your fault. <laughs> that's what happens. Turn into an oracle. And now, like, they don't, we didn't get this, but literally, like, I imagine every five oracles that somebody gives, it's like a coral-related thing. Like, hey, don't use sunscreen with benzoate in it. 
Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, what does it mean? Oh. And it's really just the coral being like, don't, don't fuck with me, please. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably, yeah. There's got, yeah, there's got to be, there's definitely more coral related prophecies than, than we're hearing about. I think so. I think so. It's a, it's got to be a symbiotic relationship. You know, the coral has got to get something out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, okay. Let's, Let's go, go back, back to, to Shan. Shan. Oh, Let's go back to Shan. Jinx. <laughs> one thing, one, one really quick thing is Shan has a lot of histories that I can't tell if are actually histories or like legends. Mm. So What's the difference, Luke? One of them, oh, good point. <laughs> one of them is the, I think the like four dragons. Mm-hmm that we hear one of them is is famous and revered because they uh like caused a wind to blow the ships to the new homeland Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one thing that i think is interesting is like i don't normally that would be like yeah that's just a myth but maybe it's not you're saying this world is very you're saying maybe there are actually could be true well there there are actual dragons yes there are so i just i just my when I first read it, it was just like, yeah, that's a myth, but we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> that's a good point. Like, good. That's that's a small thing. Uh huh. Um, but let's talk about let's talk a little bit about the the like shrines to the to the betrayers. Uh huh. Yeah, Luke. Let's talk about it. The one, the one, the little the little Kickstarter thing mm-hmm. that I have small one is i think the guy's name is bailing uh-huh of the bay family yes the bay, the bay family um he's he comes back to his house after seeing the emperor and he goes up to one of his rooms when he hears like whimpering or something like that mm-hmm. and he says there are three rooms two of them are always locked one of those rooms we learn is locked and is the like shrine, the really gross shrine to the betrayer, mm-hmm. to the raveling, whatever. Yeah. What do you think's in that other room? Oh, in package Star Wars collectibles. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, you can't have two. You can't have two really scary rooms. You gotta have one scary room yeah. that's locked. Yeah. In another room that's locked, it's like just like some little cool little hobby things. Yeah. It's it's for when his like nieces and nephews come over and like they're kids, so of course they want to play with toys, but like they can't play with these toys. So, so it's locked. So yeah. that one's just always locked. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds right. <laughs> but hold on, Luke. Because we've got a theory. Oh boy. And you've you've set up this theory so great. So the first we learn about the betrayers is or the about like this cult that worships the betrayers is from Baylin. Before that we just thought everybody was like pretty anti raveling, anti betrayers. But we see Baylin have this shrine and his family had dedicated a whole bunch of time to it. And then we see that, isn't it, isn't it another family that, um, Cholin visits that has a shrine as well? Cause it's a different, yes. it's a different shrine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So of the families in Shan that we have knowledge about two out of three have shrines to the betrayers and they actually worship the betrayers. Okay. Keep that Mm -hmm. in mind, Luke. Now word gets out that the betrayers are loose in the world and they will bring this horrible, terrible evil if they're not stopped. And the Shan empire sends one person with a sword to go bring them back. Granted, this is a person from, like, 
the Cho family, which is like destined to do it. Here's the Cho, the sword of Cho, the sword of Cho. But they still only send the one person. They don't. They don't like mobilize the empire to go right this wrong or anything. It's just like, yeah, okay, go. Thanks, Cholin, for saving us from the apocalypse. Right. Okay. Okay. Then we find out Cholin's father knew there were cults where people worship the betrayers. Which, from what we've seen, in order to do that, you have to have an altar that you commit human sacrifice on. What well, what what I'm assuming is human sacrifice, and I'm pretty that's pretty heavily implied. Mm-hmm. And he found almost no evidence. Luke, my theory is that literally every f- large no- noble family in the Shan Empire worships the betrayers except the Cho clan. Ooh. But nobody tells anybody else that they do it because they're worried that they'll get caught and killed. And so everybody okay. is silently worshiping the betrayers and hoping that they come back, but nobody knows everybody else is doing it. <laughs> okay. I like it. Because I think in order for Cho Lin's father... Okay, definitely the Cho family's the the odd duck out, right? The Cho family's actually like, oh yeah, that was terrible, right? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> like, go get him, Cho. Cho family. And secretly they're like, please, chosen ones. Bless me with your holy sacraments. Right? And yeah. and And so I think the reason Cho Lin's father never found anything is an extremely... Like, he's not going himself to investigate this stuff, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, like, everybody he sends to go do it is like, yeah, but, like, I don't really want to find a shrine. Like, I don't, I want to help the Chosen, so I'm going to tell him there's nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why, or, or, you know, he. I'm sure he announces his campaign to the Jade council right he's like hey i'm looking for shrines and everybody there's like oh hide the shrine hide the shrine he's coming yeah yeah and there's because if to your point of everyone not knowing that everyone else does Uh uh-huh i think that's definitely true because there's no if they did like everyone would just gang up on right then if they did it would be over because they'd be like, yeah. all right, Cho, get out of here. I, I mean, so I, I don't know if I think that it's like everyone. But I think, I think you're right where it's a high number. It's like way higher than we think it is, probably. It's like way higher than everybody's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Especially, especially because of the families we've seen. A good number of them have these secret shrines, yeah, to the chosen. Oh yeah, I and and so yeah, I just think that they're that they're all, you know, the risk for saying that you do this is so high that nobody nobody's willing to come out and just like say it. I'm on board, totally on board with this. The other reason, too, is if, okay, so if the Cho patriarch had found a lot of evidence, then they would have all found out. They would have all been like, oh, wait, you do it, too? Hold on. Does everybody worship the, oh, okay, yeah, cool. We're all good, then. Uh, get out of here, Cho, right? But it, yeah. it keeps the it keeps the subterfuge going because Cho uh-huh. didn't expose, like, literally everybody as worshiping the Chosen. Yeah. And I think it's, I think you're right. Where it's, it's pretty weird that they only send like one guy. Yeah. Because this is something that is like an existential threat. Mm-hmm. They like left their homeland, I think, because this happened, right? Mm-hmm. One thing, um, okay, so the only thing I can think of is like they want to keep it under wraps so that no one panics. Uh-huh. But still... You said, yeah, I think you do a little more. You, the other, 
like so they they're not allied or anything with the uh world that we see most of mm-hmm. but they interact with him a good amount mm-hmm. and it's obvious so you their theory is that someone from the barbarian lands came and freed the chosen mm-hmm. or the betrayers mm-hmm. whatever they're called both they're called both and so the they're they're like we're only going to send a few people we're not going to like make a big ruckus out of it because we don't want them to know that we're 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 coming for them. What do you, what do you mean? Because the the person that stole it knows that you know that it's stolen. Because like they they stole it, uh huh, <laughs> and it's a big deal. It's not like they're they're like yeah I took I took the chosen. But I left a little. I left a little fake box in its place. Yeah, they didn't like Indiana Jones fine. swap it with a bag of sand and like, oh, they'll never notice, right? So like, you should. They should be out there going to the leaders of Dimeria, Minicar, being like, just so you know, <laughs> just a heads up, just keep keep your eyes out for these really for these really creepy kids, these really creepy ki- children. They suck. <laughs> they're so bad. <laughs> but instead, they're like, Chet, why don't you go? Here's the crazy... Luke, here's an even crazier thing. Okay, let's say Cho is actually the only person who can kill them, right? hmm But we get this scene when she is on the way where she's like, I don't even know where these things are. They think that the Crimson Queen has something to do with it. If she doesn't, I have no idea what to do. Okay, you're not sending, like, hundreds of spies to go just, like, find out any information you can that you can be like, oh, hey, they're over here on the other side of the continent. Come on over, Cho, so you can do your thing. No, they're just, like, one person. Go search the whole continent and find these... scary kids find these yeah, grudge cause even, kids because even if even if cho is the only one that can like fight them or anything like that the cho family is not the only people that can like search for them no yeah they're definitely most most of shan is for sure team raveling that's it you've you, you've done it that's it this is this is one of your more believable theories. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Love it. We'll keep an eye on it. Last thing that I have. You know we gotta talk about it. The tea. We gotta talk about tea. Yeah. Yeah. Cholin is like is 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 going on this mission. Mm-hmm. She's like, the thing I'll miss most is the tea. So good, it's so good. I'm gonna be so bummed to not be like sitting down in the evening with a nice mug of tea. Yeah, you can br- you could bring tea. No, Luke. it's like, what do you mean no? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Cholin knows how to make tea. Oh, because when she has the tea, she has a servant who's there twenty four seven. Well, okay, not 24-7. But she has a servant next to her to pour her hot tea whenever she wants, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, a normal person, the teapot just sits on the table. You don't need a person <laughs> there to make you tea whenever you want it. you just like, oh, you put the tea leaves in and you just stew. You steep <laughs> a pot of tea, okay? Cholin doesn't know how to make tea. Okay. I think you're right. That's the only Definitely reason. Right. That's the only reason why she can't have tea wherever she's going. Yeah. Because it's like, what, they don't have hot water in other places? Come on. <laughs> and now it's like, it's too late for her to ask. Oh, it's for <laughs> sure too late for her to ask. If she, it's way too late. If she, it'd be asked, absurd. If she asked that, they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't send you to go kill these demons. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, it would be a fair assumption. Like, if you, if you asked me if... if uh, Cho Lin asks me, it's like, hey, just, how, how are you making that tea? How do you, how do you make that stuff? 
<laughs> you have Cholin over for dinner one night and you put a mug of tea in front of her and she's like, oh, neat. How, tell me how this is made again. <laughs> and you're like, give me that sword. You are not responsible enough <laughs> to use that. Cannot be trusted. Cannot be trusted if you can't make tea, Cholin. God. <laughs> yeah. This is, that's, that's, that's gotta be it. Um, you know, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad your point about the tea was actually relevant to something in this story. I'm glad we could make it actually relevant because most of the time it's just like, man, I really like tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think, I think the culmination of this story is going to be Cho Lin has to overcome her fear of how to make tea in order to defeat the betrayers. Oh. See, I was just thinking she'd go to the Oracle and be like, hey, I know this this would cause you to like kill yourself, but oh, I'd really love to learn how to make tea. <laughs> That's her she uses her one question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean who knows what's gonna happen? We've still got another two thirds of the book to go. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be there's gonna be plenty of hot takes coming at you. And as you can see, we're definitely gonna be acting like dumb nerds. 